Hello and welcome to the Bones Horror Podcast. This is episode 52, The Shining. A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence influences their father into violence. Come play with us. Now, we have have with us tonight... Hello. Ewan. Larry. Hello. And Jess. Hello. Wow, this is a film I've been looking forward to uh, watching again and reviewing. So it's a first one for Jess? Yes. No. And you, and I think. No, no, no I've seen it many, many, many times. So it's only Jess, times. the first one. <laughs> yeah. So it's just Jess. <laughs> so this film, it had a budget of $19 million and a box office of $47 million. I'm sure it would have done more on that by now. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, what are you thinking? Well, I I, I accidentally looked this up, so I, I, I best not. Uh, okay, best, so I'm, you I'm don't. Disqualified Paul always <laughs> used to do that. He'd look them up. Jess, what are you thinking? I'm gonna say like eighty-five. Yeah, no. eighty-four. Oh, nice. So it's directed by Stanley Kubrick of uh, Clockwork Orange and uh, Full Metal Jacket fame. So, uh, not, did he really do many do horror any. films? No. Is this really a horror film? I'm not sure. Um, so star Jack Jack Nicholson as Jack Torrance, or his real name's John? Uh, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So I'm not sure where John and they get to Jack, but Shelley Duvall as Wendy, and Danny, played by Danny Lloyd. And that's the only writers, the actors <laughs> I wrote down. Um, so what are we thinking, guys? What would you like to discuss first about this movie? You know, because there's many rabbit holes and and things we can talk about. Um, I don't know if we really need to explain exactly what went on in this film. I think most people have seen it, but I'm interested in Jess's thoughts, really. Um, so, yeah, what, what, what are we thinking? As a whole, as it stood up, as it stood the test of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it still does. You still <laughs> still put it on and it's still really enjoyable. Still amazing film. Yeah. I I I ordered the the Ultra HD four K version and it is stunning, I think. I don't think you see as many films these days that really take that much care and, and visually and just the sound. Everything is just Summer else, and I, I don't think I appreciate it as much as I did like now before. Um, to sit there on your own with headphones on, watching it in 4K, it's just unbelievable. Um, so what did you think, Jess, as a first time watch? Um, I really enjoyed it. I find like there's a lot of iconic scenes, obviously, so I feel like I have seen like half the film before because I've mm. seen so many of those scenes. Yeah. Um, but obviously putting them all together was like kind of really fun for me and watching it. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. See that Jack is just, it's just awful from the very beginning, isn't he? It? Mm. It's well, not. This is, this is the interesting thing really is that I actually, I mean, as a sort of a fan of Jack Nicholson anyway, it's funny how in that sort of opening sort of 10, 15 minutes, I sort of think of him as as probably the most normal performance he's ever done, just in terms of how he sort of, um, you know, he's in the office, he's in the interview, and he's talking with uh, Mr. Allman. Um, and there's a kind of, it, it, it's strange. I mean, there's, there's, always, there's always a sort of a spark of craziness about Jack Nicholson in whatever performance he does. But it's interesting that that little pocket of the movie, it, it feels very, like strangely normal for him. Um, and uh, I think that's partly the point. And I think I think also with that with that sort of opening scene, you can kind of um, th- th- there are small moments of humour in that in in that interview scene. I think because of what's obviously going to come afterwards. And I think Stanley Kubrick rarely, except for like um, stuff like Doctor Strangelove, he he rarely goes um, into very humorous places. And when he does, it's quite dark. So when um, Ullman talks about um, 
uh, I think it's Charles Grady, uh, uh, who, uh, you know, ha- hacks his wife and kids up. And he said, well, I rest assured that's not going to happen with me. <laughs> and like, you know, everyone in the audience knows that it's going to happen. And I, th- I think that's like, you know, yeah. a, like a little a little small moment of humor from from Kubrick. Um, well, it, it just comes across and I wanted to get this out of the way because like. I didn't realize before I've seen it a few times, maybe because I haven't watched it for a few years, but as a parent he is so cold, isn't he? And as, as a husband. So, it just—I don't know why he was even married. <laughs> what even brought him? To, I don't even know what brought him to actually be with a woman, especially that, but, her. I mean, again, but that—that um, that, that is an interesting thing as well that I've only just known. Now, I, I've seen the movie probably over twenty times. I, I, I think um, the extended yeah. version actually I've only seen now twice. But I've noticed that uh, only this time that I don't think we ever really see them kiss in any way i think there's a moment no. where wendy kisses him like when he goes up the tie rice but only on, like, only on the cheek there's no moment when we see any sort of intimacy between them which is i i, I think a conscious but, decision because i mean there are a lot loads of intimate moments in the book but i think here sort of kubrick's like deliberately trying to disconnect them i think um and they're always yeah. constantly disconnected and i think that's the sort of um the coldness it's, of it, as you say. But she she's trying her best, though, isn't she, to like to please him, I think. I think she's putting the effort in, and he's just got no... He's not having it. He's just... I don't know. He just comes across so cold and so... I don't know. Like, I wouldn't want to be like that no. with my wife or my kids. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, he's just unapproachable. You know, and she's like treading on eggshells every shot every time she talks to him and it's yeah i don't know why anyone would put up with that <laughs> so but i also think it's kind know. of like uh, sorry if i'm talking too much about this but it's sort of um i think it's also like because like again as you uh, um as i sort of said it's sort of like he's being quite fair like for jack nicholson fairly normal in those opening scenes and then gradually um the hotel sort of like i don't know i think it kind of draws the craziness out or, or the sort of inner um horror that's within him so it's kind of like he's repressed for that first bit and then the hotel sort of like i mean in my in my theory the hotel kind of plays on his um anxieties and his and his like uh, sort of inner turmoil and the worst things about yeah. him and then you sort of get jack as he is inside if that makes sense Oh, I think it's Jack is as always is Jack because we don't. I've read the book, so I know there's a bit more to it. But like, he's obviously this false Jack around other people, um, and then I, I can imagine. I know the hotel kind of brings out the worst in, but who's to say he's not like that? Because he's already hurt mm. Danny before, hadn't he? Mm. Yeah. Um, there's abuse going on. We know, we know, we know that. So he's it's just him, isn't it? It's whatever he's doing or whatever you know again didn't he lose his job teaching for uh, yeah, being in violent book. yeah i think um, that's what happens yeah so he's just not a very nice person he plays it well i just find him totally i mm. don't like him at all and i love the actor brilliant that he plays it so well unlikable um now can i just like one of the things i touched upon that I've watched some on YouTube and it it mentioned like abuse and things. And there is a scene, and I did notice this, when Jack is waiting for his interview, he's reading a magazine. Okay. And this magazine is not Playboy. Is it? It's not Playboy, it's Playgirl. Um, And that, and that, you know, that's the, Um, you know, that's the theory that he's actually, um, latently gay, I think isn't isn't that the theory? But yeah, and there's a there's a small part on the on the you'd have to look at it, and I, I you know this was shown to me, um, and it says on there, and I'll read it out. So on the magazine, there's a little bit that says incest. Why parents sleep with their children, and it actually <laughs> says it on the cover. So there's a lot in it about, you know, 
is he sexually abusing um, Danny? But is that true though? Is it, can you, you know? can you actually read that from? Um... Yeah, yeah, from the cover. I've I've never had that. I've seen. Yeah, I've seen. Okay, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, I, yeah, and then there's, and it's all to do with this the bear costume man as well, which always bothered me why that was there. I know in the book it's a dog, but you know, it's a, it's a big thing about bears. There's bears on pictures on walls. Um, and things and it's like even the the lady i don't know if how much of it's extended in the version i've seen but when danny's not been well and the doctor's talking to him um and she starts just there, there's there's bear pictures in the background mm. of that as well i think um no he's laid on a, a teddy mm. he's laid on a bear um i mean there's all these there's different scenes you see pictures of bears on walls and you see this bear and then you see the bears, you know, doing, um, what would you sex. call it? Um, you know, yeah. well, yeah, that's, yeah. So, and it was quite interesting. The program I watched about it, um, that there's no ghosts in this at all. And it's all in Danny's head, blaming it on ghosts. And he's just being sexually abused. Um, I think, I think. But yeah, and it does make sense. I think Kubrick um, put in a lot of stuff in, in the film, almost not on mm. purpose to do that, but I think he puts a lot of stuff in there that is purposely open-ended so that then audiences can take away kind of different theories from it because there are there are so many theories. I mean, I there was one that popped up on um, YouTube this was a while back, but it's like a theory that went, it's all in Wendy's head. Um, and that Wendy's making it all up. Yeah. It like, as she goes. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if there's like one that can be hammered down as the, like, I think there's so many that could and could not be. And that's, I think that's why I, I like it. Um, yeah. But there is ghosts in it, isn't there? There has to be. This 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 shining itself. Um you know, you from watching yeah. Doctor Sleep, we know there's I I don't ghosts, cons- I see yeah. that's the thing. I think if you, uh, if you watch though, the shining just as the shining, like Stanley Kubrick's shining, because I know a lot of people take issue with that. The shining, the film is not very much like the book. Um I think if you watch The Shining by itself because I think Dr. Sleep tries to do that thing where it tries to be faithful to the book, but it also tries to be faithful to Kubrick's film. And they are very, not so different, but they do have their big differences in them. And I think that where Dr. Sleep tries to answer those questions, I quite like them unanswered. Um, You know, like the ghosts in The Shining are so like left, like, yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, uh, this is the thing: is that the problem I have with Doctor Sleep, even though I, I, I think Doctor Sleep is a good film, I, I sort of, I, I don't consider it to be a sequel to The Shining, even though it I is. Agree. It, it, it's yeah, sort I agree. Yeah, I agree. It tries. It, it's because it's a different. It's a different kind of movie. Um, and even though I personally think there are ghosts in the Overlook Hotel, I think that amb- ambiguity is so. Uh, crucial to the way The Shining works, or at least the movie works. Whereas, I mean, Stephen King um, did have sort of dream imagery and did want to work with the psychology of the characters, but the ghosts are there. That's, that's you know, that's just explicitly true. Whereas in The Shining, it's far more ambiguous and you don't exactly know. And I think that's far more, um, and not to take away from Stephen King, because I enjoy the book, but I, I I think the ambiguity creates so much more uh, tension and far more fear, and um, because you don't know, it's um, it, it, it's far more unsettling. And I think that's um, cr- that's crucially why it's so scary. Mm. Do agree. It's all right. Paul's sending me videos now. Maybe we'll talk about <laughs> them next week. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, come on, Jess. Is there any more thoughts from you? Because like, um, me, Larry, and Ewing can talk talk yeah. about this, and they're going to enlighten me on a lot tonight. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I, I have questions because I yeah. I would have looked up after this, um, you know, a video explaining certain things, but I hadn't got around to it. Um, so I was like, oh well, Larry will do that for me, so it's fine. Um, but with the whole ghost thing, at first I was thinking, oh, this is you know, ghosts or something like that. But then someone does let yeah. him out of that room which ghost can't work can locks they? like that <laughs> usually so i was like not norm, surely not there normally. has to be a person yeah a lot um, of people think it's dan so a lot of people think it's danny that does it because of his mm. like kind of i mean go again yeah. it could be any number of things which is why i love it it's no definitive that's the thing as well yeah i mean that's the thing as well is that I mean, I personally don't like these. Um, I think it's a very modern trend um, of sort of YouTube videos explaining confusing movies, um, and I, mm. I, I almost just don't. I, I, I don't really like that because I like I like the sort of because obviously Kubrick meant for you to be confused, and the fear is all part of that confusion. And obviously, I, I'm assuming he he wants people to have theories about it and to talk about it and stuff like that. But <laughs> it's just these videos to say, you know, The Shining explained. <laughs> this guy who sits in his bedroom yeah. knows exactly what Kubrick was thinking when he was <laughs> just like, you know, <laughs> a lot of it is... Yeah. Like, I I quite like watching videos that are more like, these are the things missed. that you yeah, yeah. probably missed, like all these little kind of Easter egg kind of things. Um, I know there's a lot of those in The Shining because I used to see them pop up all the time on like, you know, Tumblr back in the day. I used to like mm, see things come days. up. And I know there's, there's, yeah, there was one thing that always popped up. Um, isn't there like symbols above one of the doors that mean something? But I can't remember exactly what it is. I noticed them and was like, I wish I could remember what they mean. Don't know on that one. There's some weird symbols that have like some sort of meaning. There's these big red doors. Elevator. Yeah, the elevator looks like a mouth. I don't think it was the elevator doors. There was a scene where I saw, uh, it was when Wendy is holding a knife and she's Mm -hmm. looking for Danny. And there's these big red doors and there's like a black line on the top with right. symbols on well i mean it, it could mm. be connected um but... to the native american stuff because i mean mm. they, they were going for that um i mean obviously it says at the beginning that it's built on a native american uh, burial ground um but yeah. they also say I, I was watching some documentaries about it and they were deliberately trying to have a kind of um, at least in the main sort of hallway they were deliberately trying to do a kind of native american like design um, in order to mm. capture that, so probably maybe those symbols um, connect to that. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. But and then also with the ghosts, um, the twins—they're mm-hmm. definitely yeah. ghosts, yeah. right? Because you know, Danny has this whole like shining thing, so presumably he's seeing them a lot. So I presume they were ghosts, but. Yeah, that, that... I was unsure about like Grady. Mm. I wasn't sure about him if he's he was a, real or not. He's a ghost, isn't he? Because he shot himself, mm, didn't yeah. he? And also, there, there, shot there are little things as well about Grady's storyline that are clearly deliberately um, sort of uh, changed, or, or they're they're inconsistent. Um, and I think that's deliberately to make mm. it confusing. So, for example, I think in the interview scene. They were talking about how Grady, um, it was 10 years ago the incident happened, and his name was Child Grady, um, and the children were 8 or 10 years old. And then later, um, obviously they're twins, they're not 8 and 10, they're twins at the same age. But also when um, uh, Jack meets Grady um, in the goal, he refers to himself as Delbert Grady. Um, and And obviously that whole scene is based in the 1920s and not 10 years ago. And I think that's almost, it's a deliberate attempt, I think, well, one, to confuse it, but also, I think it's also to increase that sense that it's like a a dreamlike structure, where it does make it more psychological in in that sense. Because obviously, um, if you're just going by one man's um, analysis of it, 
like of, of Jack Torrance's uh, analysis of it, he might not get things completely right. So I think that's almost like an attempt to make it almost subjective in that in in that way. Um, mm. Yeah. Right. Let's move on to the Shelley Duvall character, Wendy. Nice. Well, well <laughs> so does she overplay it or not? I think she's really good. Personally, it's I think fantastic. she's really good in it. But there are... Yeah. Yeah. And there are... I hear things. People say, oh, she overacted it or whatever. But she actually looks terrified in parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does scream a lot and... And things, but I, I just thought she was she was fantastic. Um, loves her son to bits, and loves Jack as well, for some reason. Like, no idea why. I I I, I do um, think if it was um, again, this is this is one of my favourite films of all time. So this is just a little criticism, but I I think if The Shining were to be made today, I think there would maybe be a little more. Uh, uh, sort of character explanation for her only because there's sort of we, we know very little about her other than she's like a mother and she caters to Jack so I think maybe if it were made nowadays there would be a little more explained about her um, but then again you kind of get the kind of she's sort of um, because she doesn't have the same experiences at least not at first as Jack or Danny there's a kind of like almost an innocence there and, and, and when you when you sort of take away the storyline as well it's like she's it's almost like she's us in that situation if you know what i mean mm-hmm. um completely agree yeah yeah that. is is the shining inherited or is it in the book it is ha- isn't it? how does someone yeah, end in, up in the book the it is but in yeah. the film i think it's just like so, a, uh something that someone can have do you know what i mean i don't think it's where does she get it from where does he get it from is it jack yeah, well, is it jack the, or yeah, yeah. That's the. I think that's what happens in the book, and it has been speculated about the film because obviously Jack and Danny see more ghosts than Wendy. Um, at least, again, at least at first. Yeah. So that sort of offers an explanation as to why they see things and she doesn't. Um, but yeah. Wow. Why, <laughs> well, Larry? Larry, enlighten <laughs> us, because I've kind of run out. I, I've run out of bits because I've run out of bits to say really because I, I read this. This is going to be my favourite podcast of the year. Um, really, movie we've mm. watched anyway. Um, okay, having this new version just made it something else for me. Um, but there are things I know you would have picked up on that obviously I didn't. Um, so, what are your thoughts? Okay, so apologies if there's a delay because I think there's a delay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there definitely is. There definitely You're fine is, at okay. the moment. You're fine. Um, so, <laughs> so I watched Room Two Three Seven, which is like uh, basically yep. a documentary uh, of people's theories on the film, and it it is worth a watch because some of them in there do touch upon some interesting things. Like, did Stanley Kubrick fake the moon landing? Because there's a lot of moon landing imagery, especially like with Danny's uh, jumper and stuff. Then there's in, in my opinion, there's ri- there's ridiculous ones. Um, That's mental. Where, come up with where, that. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 really like obscure ones, I guess, where people think that Kubrick put his face into the clouds of the opening shots with the ominous mu- music, and then there's ones that are like kind of they're they're there yeah. <laughs> they're there, but they like they'd be there anyway. So like someone um i can't remember exactly the name of the person but someone was adamant that if you played the shining on top like to both films like the shining playing together but one of them reversed then they would match up in imagery of what's like going on so the opening shots then seeing all like the end you know carnage that's gone on and yeah i mean i stated earlier i think that there are some theories that are like fun to speculate you know um I think like what happened in room two, three, seven and all that is very interesting. And I think that like you and said earlier, it plays into why it's so scary and like why it works is because it's the unknown. What happened in room two, three, seven? Well, what happened? In well, that? so it kind of leaves it. So you, the, you got the twins were shot. Were they? The, the, well, the yeah. twins were, 
axed up, weren't they, by Grady? If I re- yeah. remember correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. In 237, yeah. it's kind of alluded to, isn't it? Because you see the ghosts of the, the woman in there, and it's almost played upon that, like, they, well, in the scene where Danny goes in there, it's made to be that the ghosts have attacked him, and then obviously, like, Jack Torrance goes in and then experiences that. But then there's a number of things that it could be. I mean, there's a theory that suggests that Jack, um, <clears throat> that Jack, um abuse danny in that room when he goes in um there's loads i mean i believe yeah and and, but then kubrick Kubrick said in like i i can't i can't remember if it was like a, a documentary or if it was maybe uh supporting with the film like you know um the making of sort of thing but he basically left like kind of a quote that basically said that the film was in many ways a sort of reincarnation film. But there he was very prominent to put in sort of. Because like with the Grady's and like the caretaker, and then at the end when you see the photo of Jack, I mean, there are so many different theories. But I guess the one that I would allude to is that like it's a never-ending cycle that will always try and replace and bring in like murder and all that you know the hotel seeks that out and wants it wants that to be you know continued on resurrected through that's how i see it so yeah so the photo of the the photo you see on the wall the picture on the wall with jack in 1920 or whatever Mm -hmm. how is that possible (laughs) (laughs) I'll hand over to you and I'll Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm yeah, confused. So... Oh, I'm slightly confused. Like he's always been there. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. it's again, it, it, it's it's something. Photoshop. It, it's often something that I don't. Photoshop. I almost don't like to speculate on because I think the impact of that final scene. I mean, obviously, yes, the the illusions about him always being there and always being the caretaker. Yeah. yeah um. Uh, offers a confusion but i i love i just love the fact that i mean it's probably my, one of my f- um favorite final shots of all time um because you sort of i i think everyone kind of it probably when it came out everyone kind of expected the loose threads to be tied up and everything to be explained because obviously this came out at, at quite a significant period in in horror film history I mean, you know, it's just come after the 70s. Yeah, 1980. So the Exorcist have come out. All the, you know, yeah. um, Friday 13th was about to come out. And, you know, all, all those, all these prominent movies. And um, this is partly why Kubrick wanted to go into the genre because um, I think it's his, his previous, his film before that was Barry Lyndon. And that didn't make much money. And so he needed to make a, something more, um, in quotes, commercial um, in order to make it back. And, um, uh, I think it's interesting because I, I think a lot of people w- wanted things to be tied up, and that's partly part of the reason why the film didn't do too well um, on its opening. I think, but I think that final shot of just Jack being in the photo—it's another—it just—it's it, another eerie layer to the entire story, and it adds up another question, and it's—it's it's almost. Um, this this feels weird saying because it's such a you know a, it's a genre movie, but it feels almost experimental in that it's kind of like you know he's it, he's almost saying you think I, you thought I was going to answer all your questions well I'm not I'm going to put another question in there <laughs> and I think and I think again it adds to the fear as well because you just you just don't know what's what's going on essentially and you wonder. And again, you wonder if if anything around him is real or it's all in his head, and you've got so many things to contradict that. So obviously, when he goes into the when he gets let out of the pantry, for example, um, that sort of like disproves well, well, sort of slightly disproves it about whether it's all in his head or not. And then with the photograph, that exacerbates that even more. So it's like so I, Kubrick is constantly playing with your head, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's you know part of the reason why. He added the sort of the image of the maze um, uh, and everything like because because the maze isn't in the in the book I don't think 
Um, well, but we all on this podcast, we all love mazes. Because <laughs> what's your I favourite maze, maze, Kevin? <laughs> um, there was one. Where was it? There was one in Norfolk. Some. Oh, where, where was it? But apparently, I think it was either your left hand or it was one of your hands. If you you walk the same side all the time, you'd right. get out. You yeah, yeah it's the stick to your left, isn't it? Stick to your left, and you'll eventually get out of it. Yeah, list. so like I, I did that because I didn't want to get confused, as you can imagine, and end up lost for days. <laughs> so like I did that. Now it was at a place in Norfolk called. Oh, what was it? It was amazing. Amazing. My that would be a great name for a maze. <laughs> Amazing's maze. That was called Bewilderwood. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right in Norfolk, so Bewilderwood. That was brilliant. So uh, yeah, I do like a good maze, and I hope yeah, you my favourite's Black Gun and Shine, but um, in the Isle of Wight. Black, I've oh, been there I as well. Love going there, yeah. yeah. Is it still there? Is that my half? The maze is still there, now? but like at this point, so, uh, you can, if like if you're not a kid, there. I think like the maze is still now hasn't been like brought up, so you can just see over it if you're like yeah. an adult. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for me. Maybe What's yours, for me, you then. Oh, yeah. We should totally all go. Going to our podcast goes to Black Gang Chine. We do a podcast from the maze of Black Gang Chine. Yep. Yeah, that would be amazing. We all live on the coast, don't we? Not really. Pretty much. Not far <laughs> from there. N- near the You well, don't. No, obviously. You live in the, in the big smoke, yeah. <laughs> going back to what you were saying a minute ago, really quickly, yes. like Kubrick was a big fan of. David Lynch, wasn't he? And he loved he loved Praise the Razorhead. Well, well, David Lynch. Yes, yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's interesting that as well, because, I mean, Razorhead, I mean, was David Lynch's first film. And, mm. I mean, he wasn't completely famous yet. I mean, he was mainly famous um, for when The Elephant Man came out in 1980, so the same year as The Shining. So clearly, mm. Kubrick just knew everything about what was going on. And he actually yeah. screened a razor head um, for the cast and crew. Um, of, I'm not so. Of, of you can you can definitely you can see the implements of it though, like the inspiration of it, definitely in The Shining, which is what I actually love yeah. about The Shining. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I've watched Eraserhead recently, and you can definitely see. I mean, I think the most common aspect, like between the two of them, is is like, is the character is almost like walking between different stories. And I think that's it. So, so for example, you've got Henry in a razor head, who's kind of moving between different bits. So there's like the person are like next door and there's his storyline with Henry, with um, his, his wife and then with his baby and just like the little disparate things that happen. And you've got that with the shining as well with Jack Torrance, just suddenly um, lingering into the gold room as there's like a big party going on. And he has this thing with, um, Grady and everything and I think that's very specific to a very sort of dream logic um, which is again a, a part of why both The Shining and A Razorhead are, are, are scary movies because in a dream it's almost like anything can happen and when you're dreaming you're sort of almost improvising a scenario that happens and you just go along with it and part of the part of the fear of that is that you don't know where you're going to end up um, and I, I think that's that's it, that's crucial to why the shining is is so scary as is as scary as it is mm. mm-hmm. it's a great film so so we move on to like bonus yeah are we are we at that point are we have we all said enough is any, anyone want to add any more to the it there's, when i was watching because i watched it on amazon um yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a um when you watch anything on Amazon, they give you like a little trivia thing on the side of the screen when you hover over. Yeah. And right at the end, um, I was seeing how long I had left, and it was like the last scene, and it came up saying that there was an extra scene at the end, yeah. but they removed it a week after it was released, which wow. um, shows Wendy and Danny at the hospital afterwards, and oh. it shows all the police searching the grounds, and they tell her that they can't find uh, Jack's body yeah. anywhere. I've not um, heard yeah. that. I mean, I read the, um, yeah. the, the the script still exists um, of those final pages. Mm. So I read that, and it's and that was the yeah, as you say, that was the original ending. And um, yeah, yeah, uh, Kubrick pulled it, and there's it, it's rumored that the footage still exists somewhere. Um, but I, I, I also think 
because doesn't isn't that essentially the beginning of Doctor Sleep when they when they're at the hospital? I can't I can't quite remember. I, well, seen it. I can remember them being at their yeah. home. Yeah, I was going to say they're at the home. Pair of them. Yeah. But it, but it's it, yeah. but it's interesting because I mean again watching this extended version of The Shining which I've only seen once before it's quite interesting I mean as you, as you say that there's that hospital scene but also sort of scenes that I haven't really seen in detail as sort of being put into a, like a movie which I've seen over 20 times and I think that gives it sort of almost another edge to it but also there was another scene that was cut out um which Diane Johnson the co-writer talked about which was when um, Jack looks through uh, like a massive scrapbook of um, like the history of the hotel and everything, which is actually in the, the, um, the yeah, Stephen yeah. King. You can book. see it on the table. Yeah, and Diane Johnson in the film said as well. Yeah, and, and Diane Johnson said that she was annoyed that the, that scene had to be cut because it kind of it was like the first indication of like the shine of um, the Overlook sort of absorbing him, um, and you can see sort of black and white images of like on set of that. But it's it's sort of you sort of like kind of hope that there's like I don't know you you often hear about like lost footage of things like g- g- coming back or lost reels of films and you kind of wish that there were there was somewhere that this like clip existed or something. Well, there's that that's quite interesting to go into as well because there are certain shots in the film where people believe that there is like theories behind them because of like continuity errors. So like the chair being moved and his typewriter changing but mentioning that book mentioning that book um there's actually a scene where he's on his typewriter and after wendy comes in kisses him on the cheek and they have that argument it the book that you that you're on about is actually on the table suddenly um because it's that shot's yeah. used from a scene where he's looking through and then goes back to typewriting so it's quite interesting because you can see remnants of, I think, stuff that was cut or was changed around. I don't think the theories when they're like, whoa, Kubrick moved this chair to to catch you out. And I'm like, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I'm I just like, no. Yeah. The score as well is another mm. thing I'd mention. But it's also interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the like, score. The score is like, I mean, it's Wendy Carlos, yeah. who also worked um, who also worked with Kubrick on A Clockwork Orange to create that kind of really synthy movie sound. And I only learned recently that she's a very reclusive person. She's she's still alive. Um, uh, and she rarely allows her stuff to be on like Spotify or anything. But you can kind of sense that kind of, I don't know, that it's so, it's so weird. And it's, it's it, and she sort of mixes it with like classical music. So I think the opening track is like a, a Mozart thing, but she's like put it through as like a synthesizer and it's like, got loads of these sort of weird chantings i mean this is mainly the opening um, it's beautiful i have to say by headphones I, you know, it's absolutely beautiful um i think you know that the, the, the first scenes with the music and you know what is it that the camera's traveling on you know where it's panning oh, over the car it's a helicopter and, isn't it? is that on a little air it, but it's, yeah it, it's, it's like it's, I, but, I i i don't think Seems yeah, very I mean, close. I, I don't think I've ever doesn't, seen doesn't another it? helicopter shot in any film that's as smooth as that one. Yeah, it's... Mm. There was something I, I did notice, actually. Amazon had something about that, but I didn't read through it. I just saw it pop up when I started the film, and they said something about the smooth shots and the camera. But again, that, but, but that, but that works with the entire sort of visual style of the movie. And mm. um, Kubrick actually had, um, I think his name's Garrett Brown, who invented the Steadicam. Um, so you know a yeah. camera that's essentially attached to a person and then they sort of run with the with the subject and it works so beautifully and you sort of wonder why more ghost movies haven't adapted that method because it's so sort of because the camera is I mean a camera is a character in essentially most movies but here you can sense that it's almost like a ghost following all the characters around and you're sort of like I mean, even with the helicopter shots, it keeps on following the, you know, the VW Beetle and it sort of floats very like sort of phantom like, like across and then back and then across. It's it's, it's just um, it, it, it's just incredible. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, what, it's part of the reason why it's one. It's definitely my favorite horror movie of all time. Um, well, it's gone right up in my estimations now. Um, 
So should we give it a rating? Yep. Otherwise, we're going to be <laughs> three hours long. Um, what, what, what are you thinking, Jess? First, like first eight. Blimey. Yeah. <laughs> wow. For a first one, you watch it again, would you? Like, yeah, definitely. Probably get more from it second time. Yeah, I've probably watched mm. it extended as well. You haven't seen Doctor Sleep yet, have you? No. No. Are you, Larry? Kind of, well, this this fits the same as the thing for me, and the, the thing was a ten. So yeah. if it is in the same category as the thing for me, like they're mm. both like in that just realm of perfect horror f- for me. So I'd give it. I'd have to give it a ten. The same as the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So Stephen and Paul would probably give it a one. <laughs> so I same sorted. So um, Ewan. it's 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 a full uh, ten bonus for me. Um, wow, ten bonus! Don't get also, much better. Than I that. mean, I watched it like I first watched it when I was like about thirteen, I think, um, and it's kind of formed like you know pretty much the basis of what I think most horror films sh- should be, which is which is you know which is a bad uh, I suppose it's a bad judgment, but it's just the way my my, my mind works because it's just I, I think I think it's the first time I saw a horror movie that I, that was different from the others. Um, I mean, I hadn't seen many by that point, to be fair, but it was it was it was far different from you know the usual slasher sort of type, or you know, um, or, yeah, or even totally. like haunted yeah, house yeah. movies where you've just got like shots, jump scare, and you know the same sort of structure. Whereas this just felt completely different from anything I'd ever seen, um, and I still continue to. To love it, so yeah, it has to be ten bonus from me. So I'm going to give it nine and a semi, <laughs> right? Because mm. like, it's it's nearly perfect for me, nearly perfect. The only thing, you know, the only thing that bothers me a little bit, and I shouldn't be bothered by it really, is the apparent Stephen King mm. doesn't like it. You know, and he prefers the miniseries, <laughs> yeah, which that. I find. So of course yeah. he prefers it. Which I find hard yeah, well, to like believe. The, um, you know, it's in the. We should yeah, do that one week. <laughs> I mean, in, in the sort of um, in the author's note to Doctor Sleep, um, when he wrote that, he said that he just didn't understand why people found it, found The Shining so scary. Um, and I thought there was also another quote that he said he thought Kubrick um, thought too much and felt too little. Um, which I think you know, I mean, I, it's an interesting thing because you know. The characters are quite cold in comparison to the book, and Kubrick had an IQ of two hundred. He was a he was a really proficient chess player, and he understood so much about psychology and everything like that. So, in a way, Stephen King is right, but that doesn't that doesn't take away from how good the film is. No, that's amazing. So we're we're giving that pretty much nine, aren't we? Yeah, probably not. It's got to be the number one film we've done. I remember the first time hearing about The Shining was when watching Twister ages ago. And there's a scene in Twister where The, uh, where Shining, the Shining is playing on the, uh, the cinema bit and it gets mm. taken away. That was the, I remember yeah. that oh. was how I realised about The Shining. So I used to think, what's that film? That looks terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> right then. So let's move on to what we watched this week. What have you been watching? No, seriously, what have you been watching? I feel really bad this week because, like, I was just saying to you and earlier, I've watched three quarters of four films. Because <laughs> um, I've been bad. Because there, there have been instances that I've been watching something and maybe not appropriate for children who've then turned up. So I've had to turn it off and this keeps happening. And if I don't remember what I've been watching, so I've got like four movies and I want to talk about them, but I can't till next week. These are the ones that are on that list. Like I've been watching Kronos. Mm, yeah. Is that Kronos? Is that the um, Guillermo del Toro? It's... Yeah. Yeah. So I've been watching that and I need to finish it and it's really good. Um, there's a few bits like that, and I'll, I'll talk about them more next week. Um, and there isn't much really I've been watching. I think and I'm just looking at my collection now because 
I, sp- I think I spent two nights watching The Shining because I watched all the extras mm. and stuff as well. So get my head around it. So I haven't really watched much, but I did finish a book. So this one's taken me about a month. It's by Hunter Shane. It was called Creature. Um, and it's pretty much about illness. So it's the best way of explaining it. There, There is a lady who is... Um, very very ill i think her bones break very easily and things and it's she can't move around she's very ill um her husband takes her for a like a holiday a, a couple of weeks away to a cabin um and something's watching them from the cabin but i don't want to give too much away because there are people that will want to watch um I actually would make a good movie, but we want to read this. But the shall I give it away? Why not? Eh? Spoiler alert! Um, there is like a Bigfoot swamp ape <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> Watching them, but the but this Bigfoot is linked to her. So if this thing gets hurt, she gets hurt, and vice versa. And it's all to do with the illness, and I'm not sure, not sure if she's kind of what's the words? If she, if it's coming, this Bigfoot is coming from her, or whether there's just a link between the pair of them. But they both end up dead. <laughs> um, and but it's such a the, the thing is with this book, it is so well written. Honestly, it's so well written, and. The way it turned at the end, like the last, I don't know, 50 pages, or um, I wasn't quite expecting that, but it did work really well. Um, but it draws you in, and, and her illness and, you know, everything that's going on between the husband and the wife, and it's so, so sad. And it ends up, and, and, and quite a few people die who, who are in it from this Bigfoot. But, um, but Hunter Shea does like his creature feature, kind of thing um but it took me a month to finish it and Dejera in sweden finished it in about a day i think so he done well it took me a month of you know reading in the evenings falling asleep rewinding a bit and then that's how i that's how my brain works but i would highly recommend creature by hunter shay um yeah if you do read a lot i know you youngsters don't tend to read (laughs) um but like I do every day of my life. So, like, I've started something else now by Hunter Shea, so I'll be getting on to that. So, have you watched anything, Ewan? Um, has it been uh, maybe Hawaii <laughs> Five O this week? Or, um... Oh, there'll be a new, a new 80s <laughs> reference every week. Or the Dukes of Hazard. What was what, um, <laughs> I've been watching a lot, um, mainly because um, uh, Barry Jenkins, who did Moonlight and If Beale Street Could Talk, uh, has brought out a new series on Amazon Prime called um, The Underground Railroad, which is a sort of... What's he done since Sorry? Moonlighting? What's, it, what's he been well, doing since if, Moonlighting? Because obviously Be- that was 80s, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> so it was Moonlight. There was If Beale Street Could Talk, um, which was based on the James Baldwin novel. And now he's in, now he's embarked yeah. on this 10-part uh, series for Amazon Prime, um, which is which is really hard going, but it's, it's a really good... Um, series basically uh, it, it it sort of imagines so it's based in sort of slavery era america um is bruce sorry? willis in it is uh, bruce no willis bruce willis in is it? not in it um i i i i, oh, I, I don't think it would have been appropriate <laughs> 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 I, I don't i don't think he could you know um swarm in and just go like you know yippee ki motherfucker <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> Um, but no, it's uh, you know it, it's about um, this uh, slave who escapes this plantation, um, and it sort of reimagines. So there was this thing called the Underground Railroad at the time, which was basically um, people helping slaves escape um, to other areas. And yeah. um, this series sort of imagine uh, reimagines that in a sort of magic realist setting that the Underground Railroad is like a literal railroad that is with a train that runs across um, sort of underground across America. It's essentially about that, and it's a really, really good series, and I, I sort of recommend it. It's, it's hard going, and it's probably a bit too long because it's about ten hours long, but it's, um, it's really good, and I recommend it. Um, also, there's a new drama on ITV coming out next week called Innocent, 
which is a very sort of it's a very basic premise about sort of um someone who was convicted but um she's let off because there's been new evidence to suggest that she might not be guilty of her crime and her crime is um killing uh, one of her students um and then maybe having an affair with him um uh, uh, having an affair before she killed is there someone famous in it? Yeah, from it's Catherine Kelly. Catherine Kelly's not not especially famous, but she's um, been on a lot of these sort of ITV dramas, um, and it's really good for what it is. Um, it's not it's not anything groundbreaking, but I think after the after watching the Underground Railroad, I was sort of desperate for something that's much lighter than the uh, Underground yeah. Railroad. Um, yeah, and then. Uh, I've been watching Holston, which was which came out today, which stars Ewan McGregor. And it's about the fashion designer. That sounds Holston. good. Um, uh, and, so good. And that's quite good. I've only seen a few episodes, um, but it sort of follows this guy's life from sort of fairly sort of menial beginnings and then becoming like an international fashion designer. Um, but I'm quite enjoying it because I'm quite nostalgic for those sort of late 60s, early 70s time period um, stuff. And it's, it's quite fun just watching him just sort of like develop all these uh, costumes while it's like, and the soundtrack's really amazing. It's got like Velvet Underground and David Bowie and um, all these guys. It's, it's, it's quite fun from that point of view. Um, so That's nice. Also, um, just to sort of, uh, as a kind of uh, footnote to this, I guess, um, I, I would encourage people to watch the, um, the making of uh, The Shining, which was um, directed by Kubrick's daughter, Vivian. Uh, and I, I, I think it's probably the most accurate making of. And that's called the making yeah, of the shining. Called, is it? Or is uh, it, yeah, what, I mean, it? on 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 the DVD, it's like making the shining. But yeah. I think, as as hmm. I, I think, like Lawrence and Jess will testify, it's sort of. I, I mean, a, a lot of making of videos are very kind of happy, and you know, this is what we do on set, and isn't it great? And we're all really creative, and it's great. But this making of video shows how how just stressful it all is and even though and even though kubrick on set was a bit of a prick i I can recognize so many things like from my time at university and shooting movies you can see so many things you know people getting so frustrated and trying to get this one shot and just like hating like like a lot of what's going on and um i think i i think that sort of makes it like one of the most genuine making of videos like ever made it was made in 1980 when no one was really making making of videos it's only become a recent thing where they've just been stuck onto the dvd but uh, i encourage people to to watch it it's only about 35 minutes so it's not um, yeah, definitely, definitely. Larry, um, so I watched two films mainly this week, but before going into them, I would recommend if you've not seen it to go onto YouTube and watch a video called "Hi, I'm Shelley Duvall." So we have to type in. It's like three minutes, and it's just called "Hi, Hi, Boy, I'm Shelley Duvall." Shelley Duvall, obviously from The Shining. It's it's oh it's, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a, it's just a three minute video, and I won't say anything about it. Just watch it; it's so funny. Um, I watched two <laughs> of my favorite films. I watched okay. <laughs> The Lighthouse, and I also watched where is it? Lost in Translation. It's probably translation, still a bit yeah, of a delay. There's, lost, there's, I think there's still a bit space. of a delay. <laughs> lost in space. <laughs> That's the sequel. <laughs> so nice. That's nice. Lost in Space with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah, two two really good films. Um, the Lost in Translation. That's a mm, good film. Love yeah, Lost yeah. in Translation. Um, the Lighthouse. I'm not. I'm not so sure on like, yeah, the Lighthouse. It gets it gets personally. a full on eleven out of ten for me. The Lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. I can recommend like, it highly. There's sort of like a lot of sort of visual allusions to The Shining in that as well, isn't there? Of like when Robert mm-hmm. Pattinson has the axe, it's very sort yeah. of you know, it's almost like a visual homage to when Jack Nicholson has the axe. Is that the old pecking the eyes out kind of? Is that in that? Is that in that one? Does he have his eyes pecked out? At no, the spoilers. End? no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> no. Oh, but that, that was cool. That was cool. Wasn't it? Sorry, get that mixed up. Um, crows, crows, and a lighthouse. Right. Yeah. 
There we go. <laughs> I'll get me coat. Don't worry. But that's basically, yeah, that's basically it. I haven't watched anything else. Mainly been just like doing a bit of work and stuff. Yeah. More filming bits. Well, man goes to a lighthouse, gets a bit confused, gets his eyes pecked out. Nice. Yeah? <laughs> Condensed. Condensed. Did I do Jess? I don't know. If, did no. You? No. Okay. What have you been watching then? Uh, I didn't watch any films, but I finished oh, Shadow no, and Bone. Um, mm? Very good. Very, very good. I'm very excited for the second one. I really mm. want the books as well because there's three books. I was I was looking at them online. The first one, I think, is called Shadow and Bone. So I don't know if this series is going to be just about one book. Well, I think they had to... Or if it's yeah, spread well, out across each was, one. I'm not sure. I think sure. they adapted the first two. or, or they Because uh, uh, I think the first one didn't have much... The first book didn't have much context. And so, and then the context was added in the second book. So they've added that to the series, uh, just so yeah. everyone knows knows what's going on. Um, yeah, because I think there's like five books so far. Um, so I definitely want to read them. But yeah, the show ends. Or definitely, a, there's going to be a season two. Like very good. As I said before, kind of got that Game of Thrones feel without it being quite as gritty. So it's a bit easier to watch at times but there is still some really like kind of savage death scenes i guess put in there um so yeah very good fantasy kind of mm. show if you're into that i need to watch that yeah. that's on my yeah, list it's, it's good it's on my list <laughs> but that's it okay i i was just trying to think what else i watched but I have been watching Sleep Camp, Sleepaway Camp Three. <laughs> I did finish Sleepaway Camp Two, by the way. Mm-hmm. I don't know some. What episode did you do that I episode? You in? No. Sleepaway no, Camp. No. Jess did, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Larry did. So I watched the second one, and it, I'm nearly finished. I like the second one a lot. Um, the third one's a lot of fun as well. Pretty much the same. Um, but yeah, I'll finish that off next week. Um. So that's it for this week. So next week, now, quite a few months ago, we watched uh, The Conjuring. I thought, I've always wanted to do Conjuring 2. Um, so I think we should do that next week with Conjuring 3 coming up soon. But it'd be quite nice. If, who hasn't seen The Conjuring 2? Have you seen it, Jess? Yes. So we've all seen it. I'm not a fan, though. Right. I thought it was better than the first one. That's all I'll say. Uh, I, I, do you want, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll mainly save it for next week, but what I loved about the first one... Yeah, you can... Yeah, what I loved about the first yeah. one is, is kind of... I had an opposite effect, but I'll go into it next week, obviously. <laughs> but this podcast is why we love wardrobes. It's from The Conjuring. <laughs> you know... We love wardrobes. So I think there's wardrobes in Conjuring 2 as well, and chairs. <laughs> it's all good. So. <laughs> I, I thought you meant something else. But I'm quite looking forward to it. I'll get my son to wash it with me. No! <laughs> there's a chair in it with an old fellow in it. Yeah. Hey, we're allowed to uh, meet up as of next week, so. Yeah. Could always watch Conjuring 2 together. You come. Well, come around here and watch it yeah. if you want. That'd be nice. Yeah. You're all welcome, to be honest. Built up a bit of a trek <laughs> for you, but like. Road trip. That'd be really nice. So, <laughs> yeah. Road trip. Both of our podcast, road trip. We should do that. Meet, it'll, meet. Be, it'll be like the trip Jack Torrance meet. takes um, at the start of the show. <laughs> what like with the joking. ominous music, the <laughs> bum, yeah. bum. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so we will be back next week with our episode 53 wow the conjuring 2 so we will see you all next week Bye. bye